This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Tonight, we head back to the year 1950, when two of the silver screen's top stars headlined a radio show. I'm speaking of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. She was only 19 when they first met. He was 25 years her senior. But from the moment Humphrey Bogart asked Lauren Bacall to write her number on a matchbox in 1944, it was on. The duo married a year later and enjoyed one of the most legendary, albeit short-lived, love stories in Hollywood history. He died of esophageal cancer in 1957 when she was only 32. Together, Bogey and Bacall made four films, two children, and left countless mementos of their intense, instantaneous connection. Tonight, we hear them starred in Bold Venture, which aired from 1951 to 1952. Morton Fine and David Friedkin scripted the taped series for Bogart's Santana Productions. Uh, the plot line is a nutshell. Salty sea dog Slate Shannon, played by Bogart, owns a Cuban hotel, Shannon's Place, sheltering an assortment of treasure hunters, revolutionaries, and other shady characters with his sidekick and ward the sultry sailor Duval, played, of course, by Buck Hall, tagging along. He encounters modern-day pirates in other tough situations. Well, let's see what goes tonight on the episode entitled Deadly Diamonds. Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring... Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean Bold Venture Once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Come on, Slate, stop dragging. Take another hitch in your trench coat, lover. I want you to look splendid for the employment agency. Come on. Senor Bonomo of the employment agency Bonomo's. Don't open your mouth, senorita. Close it for me. Oh, you like the tight-lipped type, huh? Shut the mouth, please. Ah, 
devastating. What a third floor upstairs mate you will make. I got the upstairs. If only I had the third floor. Hello, Buster, what are you building? We... The uh, man with the wasp waist, the trench coat, senorita. What is it, your agent? You need no agent with me, baby. Look, honey, baby, you called us, remember? You saw our ad for a hotel clerk at El Shopping Gazette, and you called us. You are Senorita Duval, and this peddler is Senor Shannon? Bonamo, baby, you better come up with a hotel clerk, or I'll have you bobbing for dills in that pickle jar over there. The tech pickle clients, for you they are free. Help yourself while I show you the photograph of the clerk I have chosen for you. Gaze upon him. I ask you, gaze. Mmm, yummy. Not the pickle sailor. He means the guy in the picture. If you like him, I'll buy him for you. Well? Mmm, look at the experience he's had, Slave. The best hotels and that zippy mustache. I bet he's a doll with a hotel register. And for mm. you, he will work for cakes and nickels if I have to beat him. You made a sale, Bonamo. Have him over at Shannon's place at six this evening. Let's go, sailor. You're going to eat that pickle walking back of me, huh, sailor? Yeah, Wilson here. Senor Wilson, I got you the job. How I had to beg, to plead, to crawl on my knees. Honest engine, Bonamo, where? At Shannon's place. Stay on your knees, kid. Shannon's place, huh? You don't know what you and Shannon have just done for the world, Bonamo. You've just made it a worse place to live in. You know what I feel like doing, Al? I already done it. After Bonamo called, I went right out in the street, right over there in the corner, on my knees, and kissed the sidewalk. Now, look what we got, Bobby. Someone to smuggle us the stuff, a place to fence, a dream setup. Yeah, a place to fence the stuff. Shannon's place. <laughs> Me, a clerk in Shannon's place. That's a way to start out, kid. Bottom rung, you'll have to wind up owning the place. You, me, and girlfriend May. Don't worry about May. She'll do her job from Key West, okay? I know, I know. Uh, one thing, Al. Shannon? Uh, they say around... That he's rough? Oh, rough, Bobby. Shannon? <laughs> Just nothing at all. Now, the thing you have to understand, Mr. Wilson, is that... Oh, sure, sis, I understand. But you tell me anyway. I'm a peachy listener. Yeah, we like that in our hotel clerks, don't we, sailor? I'll tell you another thing I like, Wilson. I like you to call sailor here Miss Duval. That is, until you get the hang of things, huh? Oh, with an employer like her, Mr. Shannon, I could get the hang of this place in a long minute. Yeah, that's what I said. You're fired. Slate. Slatesy. Mr. Shannon. Boss man. Yeah, what do you want? Let's not be hard on the boy. Let's consider for a moment how you got this hotel. Well, that was different. Yeah, well, let's tickle the past later, huh, kid? Here comes a customer. Let's watch your boy clerk handle him. Make it live, Wilson. This is it. You're on your own, lad. And you'll be impressed. I crossed my heart. You'll be impressed. 
Uh, welcome, sir. A heartfelt welcome to... Uh... This is the place of Shannon. You named it, mate. This is Shannon's place. What can it do for you? When I got off my ship, La Princesa, a man from a cab on the docks, he said to me, Shannon's place. They wait for you, Cadillo. I take you for nothing. This he said to me... You, and... uh, got something that'll make us believe he said all that? In this packet, in oilskin. You made us believe, Senor Cadillo. Give it to me. <laughs> for 3,000 pesos, Senor. The price of my poor little pocket that has slept under my head through so many loud oceans. Three grand, huh? You got bargains, mate. Give it to him, Mr. Shannon. Three grand and a tip for his trouble. You bring a flair to the hotel business, don't you, Buster? Yeah, that I do. Me and this gun pointing at your open throat ensemble. We give a new wrinkle to the hotel, Dodge. And I thought a boy with a mustache like that would be different. You got three grand, Slate? He's got it. And the safe. I used up my rest period to tote up all the dough the current guests left for safekeeping in your tin can, Shannon. Yeah, I'm going to send this little anecdote into the Hotel Owners Association. It'll pique them. It's open, mate. Help yourself. Happy, Senor Cadillo? Oh, see, see, I, I never expected... No one hardly ever does. <laughs> You know what I just did for you, Shannon? I made you a hero. You call the cops and tell them how you shot a thief dead. With me as a witness, you were just born to be a hero. The phone, Shannon. Dial operator to stay alive. Make it good, kid. Mr. Vall shot in the back by my gun's not pretty to think about. Senor Shannon, where are you? Out here on the patio, Inspector. Ooh, you smart fellow, you. We're staying alive and happy today, aren't we? <laughs> aren't we, sis? Bully for us. Ah, Senor Shannon, Senorita Duval, my greetings from me to you. And to you too, Senor. But, por favor, I have not had the pleasure of getting acquainted with you. I'm a friend of Shannon's. Uh, Mr. Valls, too. Then you are a friend of mine. Now, uh, Senor Shannon, what is it you wish of me? A uh, friend Shannon just had an experience. He um, shot a man to death. Shot a man to death? Is he tweaking my proboscis, Shannon? Is he? Tell him. Uh, well, I, I couldn't help it. The sailor, this guy came in, tried to rob the safe. I saw it all, Inspector. The sailor pulled a gun. Shannon was a hero. That's the way it happened, huh, Mr. Vall? I, uh, can't hear you, Mr. Vall. Just the way you said it. In the lobby, see? A dead man. A kill-to-death man. Someday, Senor Shannon, you will be too fast with that gun of yours. And I personally, I, Inspector Alfonso de Vasco y Perez y Melvin LaSalle, will conduct a fiesta to celebrate your stay in prison for the rest of your days. I will trespass in your lobby, senor, and try to convince myself that your story is true. E. Melvin LaSalle? He doesn't look like a Melvin, does he? <laughs> Everybody did real good. 
Now, one question, Shannon. You, uh, like Miss Duvall here? <laughs> sure you like her. I like her, too. We all like Miss Duvall, so, uh, let's all keep her breathing. Yeah, let's. I like it. What's on your mind, Buster? What's on your mind, Buster? The way he says it. I like you, too, Shannon, so here's what. Number 10, Place Royale. Go there. See a man there. He's going to like you, too. For delivering our little package. Now get going, Buster. Our lady friend here is going to fall flat in her face. Beat it. This Shannon, huh? I've been peeping at you coming down the street. Yeah. How are you today? Frisky one, huh? <laughs> Take your chance, kid. Tough, you muffed it. Get up. Now, inside. You having a bad day, huh? Let's try all over again. One more step, Shannon, you'll die from bullets. You got something in your pocket for me? Yeah. Here, catch it. Ah. Now I gotta wait till you wake up. So we can take a boat trip together. Me, you, package. We'll have a lovely time. This bold venture is a real fine boat, Shannon. And you run it real fine. How does it feel, Buster, sitting there with a gun pointed at another man's head? At his mouth. Sitting there grinning at him, knowing you can squeeze the trigger and watch him fall over dead. Gives you something to latch on to, doesn't it? Makes you feel good. Shut off the motors. Like you said, I could watch you fall over dead. That island ahead? Like a thousand others in the Keys. Small, but oh my. That package strap good and tight, Shannon? Why don't you give this up, big man? That island's a hundred yards from here. When you jump, I'd swim for it. Next one's about a mile. A mile with sharks. So I'd try for that one. One more thing. You sit on the beach and you wait for a gal in a rowboat. Her name will be May. Then you'll be in business. Jump. Jump, Shannon. Hold on to that package, kid. You'll need it to live. We'll take a little break. This is Theater of the Mind. Programming on WMKV is supported by the Knowles of Oxford. The Knowles of Oxford is now building new spacious cottages and their development, Redbud Trace, on campus. The Knowles offers an active retirement with all the benefits of a college town. More information about the new Redbud Trace cottages and the entire Knowles campus is available at 513-524-7990. That's 513-524-7990. And now back to Bold Venture.
to Bold Venture. Our stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, and the second act of our story. boy to make happy with that guitar, honey. You heard the man, King. Sing something happy. How can I have such a song while he is pointing a gun at me? Try real hard. Sing. Better do what he say, King. Because you say so, Miss Sailor. The man with gun or a happy tune Oh, bury me not on the lonesome dune Why such a man is on the loose When there's furnished rooms in Havana caboose <laughs> Funny music, funny man <sighs> Lying here on your patio, sis? Nice <sighs> You know something? Yeah, I know something. Thirty days, has September, April, June, and November. Choose your month and drop dead. <laughs> February is nice. It only has 28. Is he right here? It's a funny board. You tickle right there. Al. Uh, here's our boy, sis. Hiya, Bobby. Good people, good, good people. Where's Slate? I saw him last doing a six-speed Australian crawl through the briny. Going good, too. That boy's a swimmer, I tell you. Went okay, huh? A beaut. All we do now is wait. About six hours, I'd say. What about May? I suggested February. Okay, May. Ain't she the one, Bobby? She quips. It's nice for a girl to know how to quip. They're few. Don't worry about May. She'll show. She'll handle her part of it fine. Ramirez? Six hours from now, I said it. He'll show up at the island with his 50 grand. His business is diamonds... Our business is 50 grand. We'll take the bold venture back to the island and collect it later. Answer a girl a question, huh? What's going to happen to Slate? Slate's not coming back. Not now. Not tomorrow. Not ever. You like that? I'm your new boss. Honey, <laughs> you see that, Al? Slug me. I got a girl with tiger blood. Golly, I'm lucky. That you on the beach, Shannon? Or just somebody I dreamed last night? Going to Havana, lady? I'm just a poor hitchhiker waiting for a rowboat with a kind lady like you in it. See, I've even written it in the sand. Havana or bust? Name's May. Bobby or Al might have mentioned me to you. Roll up your pants legs, derelict, so you can help the kind lady to shore. Thanks. I was just beginning to wonder what there was for a nervy fellow to do on a lonely island. Out of the boat, honey. Sure. But you carry me, huh, baby? So me and my little girlish gun can nestle up real close. Uh, Don't nobody go around without a gun anymore. I can remember way back when... Carry me, baby. You wipe all your other memories clean off your book. It was sure lonesome till you came, lover. Oopsie-daisy. I'll hold on tight so you can pull the boat ashore after us. You make it like pie. 
Tally ho and the yoikes, we're off. I did that good, huh? Now let's lift another weight off your mind. The packet strapped to your chest. I hope you're not from the customs squad, lover. This could look real bad for me. <laughs> you're a good boy, baby. Just because you're such a good boy and let me take this packet, I'm going to sing you to sleep so you can rest your weary bones. I think you ought to know this. I left my sleeping bag back in Havana. There's a shack at the end of the island. You and I will wait for Ramirez there. Who's Ramirez? Do we need him? I need the dough he's going to lay out for the stuff you brought. Come on. This is it, Al. The bold venture. Real fine boat, isn't it, Mr. Val? You like boats, Bobby? Trim things I like. I meant to give it a mention. I meant to coin something nice about the boat. About you. I've been busy. Get in, Al. That help us, Duval. My pleasure. Ah, don't I get a thanks? You could stick your head in the starboard propeller. I'd say thank you over and over again. She don't like you, Al. The port propeller's nice, too. It slices thin. Hundred <laughs> percent, Tiger. We need that comedian anymore, Bobby. Uh, your friend, Al. Yeah, my friend, Al. Gets in your hair, huh? Come on, Bobby. Wait a minute. You going off your rocker, Bobby? Now listen to me, listen! That's how it's done, Miss Duval. I wave goodbye to Al so we can sail away to a collection in Key West. Ramirez on that power launch slate. Go shake his hand, give him the diamonds, and bring back the 50 grand he'll shower on you. From here to Ramirez's boat, a bright fellow could think of something. The heater's still on your back. Ramirez will have his on your eyes. You, uh, bright enough to think yourself out of that? Uh, everything just went dull. Goody. Go on. Ramirez is waiting. your dough, lady. I wait hand outstretched, toes akimbo for my tip. The lullaby I promised you, Slate. Turn around. Uh-uh. I want to watch. Unless you can stop a bullet with your teeth. Turn around. <laughs> Pleasant dreams, baby. The island where you dumped Slate? I told you. I let him swim for it. See that shack, love? That's the pot at the end of the rainbow. Let's skip to it, hand in hand. May. May? I'll be right out, Bobby. I'm just freshening up for you. 
I shouldn't have bothered. Huh, Bobby? Look, May, you want Bobby? You take Bobby. I ain't greedy, May. I'm just... You ate a lot of things, baby. You go slumming in Havana, Bobby? That way you got a memento like that? Yeah. Precious, isn't it? Bobby scum. You listen to me. All I got to listen to is your thank you when I ease 50 grand off you. Kiss me with it, May. You take me too or you get nothing. You're clumsy, May. You say the wrong things. The dough. I'm asking like a gentleman. The dough. Here. Take it. Take it. Leave me alone. Whatever you say, May. She hit her head on the edge of that table. It's it's bleeding. She, she looks... Yeah. She's liable not to pull through. Now, let her alone, Tiger Girl. I got a better way for you to use up your gentle. I'll show you in Miami. May. May, can you hear me? Oh. What happened? I'm giving you something, Slate. Look, kid, you've been hurt. You need help. They... Bobby, your girl, they went to Miami Beach. That's what I'm giving you. Where in Miami Beach? House on Collins Avenue. Ten, twelve. Get him. Get Bobby for me. Kill him for me. Tough about Miami Beach, sailor. I said... Are you paying any attention to me or you'd rather look at Miami Beach through that window? Just watching for the cab. Cabs ring doorbells. Come here. Come here to me. I don't like rough, Bobby. Take it easy. You're kidding. Ain't you kidding? Don't do that, honey. We got real close once. Do it over. I said, do it over. I told you I don't like rough. I told you. You'll tame. You'll tame easy. You'll never make it. You'll... Hey, cabbies ring bells, friend. Well, Shannon. You okay, sailor? Take him for me, Slate. I gotta teach you again, huh? Yeah. You're nothing. It goes like that, Shannon. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> Stop it. You finished? You finished now? It's all over, sailor. What about that girl back at the key? I, I sent a doctor to her. He'll take care of her. Take me home, Slate. Sure. And on the way, we'll tell people about this guy here. Let's go to Havana, sailor. Slate. Shut up. Fish don't like husky voices. 
Yes, strike, sailor. Now, watch me fight him. Look at him cut the wave. Where? Where? Back away. Now, you'll be on your dinner plate tonight. Ah. Now, this is a smart cookie. He knows when to give up. He's not even fighting me. Get the gas, sailor. On my dinner plate, huh? You've hooked a hat. A straw hat. <laughs> well, those Panamas will give you a lot of fights, sailor. Give it to me. Six and seven eighths, knucklehead. You didn't even get the right size. Oh, don't pout, Slate. Come here. See? You've got one who'll never get away. And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Stay tuned for Abbott and Costello next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. The Abbott and Costello program. Listen to the rhythm of Will Osborne and his orchestra, the great song styles of Connie Haynes and Bob Matthews. And that happy, heavy, hippie little horseman, who, when asked to pick the winner of the Kentucky Derby, glanced at his racing form and calmly said,
There you are, Costello. I've been looking all over for you, all week. I telephoned your house Tuesday night, and somebody answered and said you were taking a bath. You know I'm lost already? Right at the beginning. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> Look, never mind. This is no... This is no kidding. Somebody deliberately told me that you were taking a bath. Somebody told, said that I was taking a bath? And I called up Tuesday night. Tuesday night? Yes. Brother, did you have the wrong number? Uh, well, <laughs> well, look, my wife said she saw you in a tattoo parlor on Main Street this morning. What were you doing in a tattoo parlor? Well, I got lost with my girlfriend, Tessie Tinfoil. Yes? You know, the one that's in the army? Yeah. So I had a picture tattooed on my back. You had Tessie's picture tattooed on your back? Oh, yeah. Sure. And I had me tattooed on my chest. Look. See it? Wait a minute, Costello. I don't see you on your chest. Am I back there with Tessie again? <laughs> Talk sense, Costello. I understand that Tessie is going to get out of the army next week. Oh, that's right, Abbott. And she's going back to her old job posing for a designer. He uses Tessie's knees for models. He uses Tessie's knees for models? Uh, what does he design? Doorknobs. Uh, door... <laughs> Wait a minute. Costello. <laughs> Costello, just a minute. Turn around. Let me see that picture of Tessie on your back. Go ahead. Turn around. Aha! Uh-huh, I thought so. She's knock-kneed. Tessie is not knock-kneed. Well, her knees are touching. She just stands that way because she hasn't got any garters. I, uh... <laughs> Look, Costello, if you... <laughs> Costello, if you're so crazy about Tessie, why don't you marry her? Well, I, I, I don't believe in marriage, Abbott. Marriage is like soup. Marriage is like soup? Sure, by the time you get through spooning, it cools off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous. Well, always have it. You know, I, I don't know if Tessie wants to marry me or not. You see, she's also in love with nine other guys. Tessie is in love with you and nine other guys? Yeah. You should have been there the day Tessie left for the army. What do you mean? It was beautiful. The ten of us chipped in and bought her an engagement ring. <laughs> Wait a minute. I understand you had a little spat with Tessie before she left. Well, what was it about? She got mad at me because I stole a kiss. Oh, now that's silly. Why should Tessie get mad because you stole a kiss? I stole it from her sister. I... <laughs> And you know something? That's the first girl I kissed since I le- well, since last Christmas. Oh, Costello, you mean that from last Christmas till now you've kissed just one girl? How do you come for that? Oh, I guess I'm just a wolf. <laughs> I can't control myself. I can see that. I'm a cat. I'm lower than a cat. I'm an old Studebaker. <laughs> with no fog lights. All right. Just cut that out, oh. Costello. The trouble with you is that you wear your heart on your sleeve. That's a lie. I might, I might have a little liver and onions on my vest and a smudge of tapioca on my trousers, but I ain't got no heart on my sleeve. No, no, Costello. I only meant that you are fickle. I'm what? You're fickle. Fickle. I never touched the stuff. <laughs> I've never been fickled in my life. Now, look. I'm not referring to drinking. I'm referring to love. Do you know what love is? Oh, sure. Little pigeons make love. Butterflies make love. Yes. Oysters make love. Yeah. No, uh, wait a minute. Oysters make love. You'd be surprised what goes on inside them shells. Now... <laughs> Costello, you don't appreciate romance. You know, you don't, really, Lou. You don't, you don't appreciate romance at all. Oh, when I was courting my wife, there was a big grandfather's clock in the living room. And we used to sit and listen to it tick, and it said, Take your time, take your time, take your time. Yeah, but things are different now, Abbott. Today, when a fellow sits in Apollo with his girl, there's an alarm clock on the mantel that says, Get together, get together, get together, get together, get together. Ah, I'll never figure that old grandfather's clock. It's a great memory, though, Lou. That old grandfather's clock. The day we were married, it stopped. Stopped? Yep. <laughs> Your wife must have looked at it. I guess... Uh, yeah, wait a minute. Are you insinuating that my wife's face would stop a clock? 
Well, it ain't running, is it? <laughs> Look, forget about the clock, Costello. What happened to your romance with that tall, red-headed girl? Oh, you mean lean against her? Yes. Oh, well... <laughs> We're married and happy. Married and happy? Yeah, she's married and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm glad she married somebody else. The only reason you wanted to marry her was for her money. Well, marrying for money is better than getting married for no reason at all. Uh, that's the... When I married my wife, everyone said it was a perfect match. Match is right. She struck you and you went out like a light. <laughs> well, at least I'm not henpecked. Henpecked? Before you were married, you used to snore in your sleep. Now you cackle. No, no, no. Now, that's not true. Before I was married, everything was lovely. I, I'd sneak into the parlor, and I'd catch her in my arms. Now you're sneaking into the bedroom and catch her in your pockets. I... <laughs> oh, forget about my marriage, Costello. I'd like to get you straightened out. Now, Tessie Tinfoil is not the girl for you. Tessie is uh, too uh, blasé. Too what? Blasé. Uh, Tessie's too blasé. Blasé. She's got more than two blasés. Tessie's got a red blasé and a green blasé. <laughs> and she's got a yellow blasé. She wears them with her, her checkered shirtie, skirtie, <laughs> under the cote of her suitie. No, 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 no. There's no, too no. many things. No, 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 no. Understand, you dummy. When I say she's blase, I mean uh, Tessie's sophisticated. Sophisticated? That's right. How do you like that? And she promised to me that she'd stay on the wagon. Listen, you imbecile, please. When I say a girl's blase, I'm not referring to her clothes. Anyone who is blase is sophisticated, and sophisticated has nothing to do with being inebriated. It merely means that a person has reached a degree of sophistication where he or she becomes blasé. Oh, when you say a girl's blasé, you're not referring to her clothes. No. And anyone who is blasé is sophisticated. And sophisticated has nothing to do with being inebriated. It merely means that a person has reached a degree of sophistication where he or she becomes blasé. Now you've got it. Now I... I don't even know what I'm talking about! Get him out of here! Now, here's that romantic Bob Matthews. I don't care who knows it. I'm in love with you. I guess I'll this world Nothing you do or say could ever change me I don't 
them say what they will Dear, I'll love you Again, girls, girls, girls. Can't you think of anything better than girls? There's something better. Oh, look, Costello. <laughs> hey, there's Connie Haynes. Why don't you ask her if she'd like to go to the beach? Okay. Oh, Connie! Connie! Hey, Connie, how would you like to go to the beach with me, huh? Well, Mr. Costello, honey, I don't know if I should. I suppose you all want to teach me how to swim? Oh, nothing like that. <laughs> well, uh, you all won't try to hold my hand? Oh, you know me better than that, Connie. And you won't hug me or kiss me? Oh, gee, Willikers, no. I mean, after all, I... I, 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 <laughs> I promise I won't. Then what are we going for? <laughs> then what are we going for? <laughs> We're going for something. 
Well, goodbye, Mr. Costello. Honey. All right, honey. Well, Costello, he... That kid murders me. Ah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you certainly got turned down fast by Connie. Well, maybe she saw because I broke a date with her Saturday night. I was supposed to meet her at 7 o'clock. What happened? I waited around till 11. She didn't come, so I just stood her up. That's all. <laughs> I wish Connie would go to the beach with us because she's, she's got the cutest bathing suit. What's it like? It's made of two pieces of string held together by a handkerchief. <laughs> well, it's too bad Connie's not going. Come on, get your trunks, Costello, and let's go to the beach. My trunks? Yes. Why should I take my trunks? I don't want to move. I just want to go swimming. <laughs> well, you swim in trunks, don't you? I do not. I swim in the water just like anybody else. <laughs> Never mind. I'll rent you a swimming suit. Uh, would you wear a uh, rented suit? That depends where it's rented. And the size of the rent. No, no. Come on, Costello. Let's get started. I'll get some lotion to rub on you so you won't uh, sunburn. Oh, you don't have to worry about me, Abbott. I never burn. I just take a nice, healthy, even blister. Well, come on, Costello. There's nobody around, so get into your suit. Ah, uh, isn't the beach beautiful? Just look at the birds flying over the water. Oh, I wrote a poem about them birds. I'll recite it. Go ahead. A wonderful bird is the seagull, which can fly quite as high as an eagle. They sit on the sand, and sometimes they stand, but you can't tell a he from a she-gull. <laughs> hey, hey, Costello, here comes a cop. Guys, this is a private beach. You can't swim here. It's against the law. Well, why don't you tell me before I got undressed? Well, there's no law against undressing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's go. <laughs> Look, let's go. Let's go over beyond those ropes, Costello. That's the public beach. <laughs> Look at that beautiful redhead. I'm going with her and teach her to swim. Suppose she knows how to swim. Then I'll let her teach me. <laughs> hey, Eric, give me my pail and shovel. Right here is a spot where I covered Ruby pool cue up with the sand last Sunday. Well, what do you want your shovel for now? Well, I figure it's about time to dig her up. I... Look, Costello. Hey, look at that fat lady in that rubber bathing suit. Oh, them rubber bathing <laughs> suits. They're made for fat ladies. They, they got a five-way stretch. Five-way stretch? Yeah, up and down, back and forth, and a shelf to take care of the surplus. I... <laughs> hey, Costello. Look at the man over there feeding donuts to his horse. Can you imagine that? Hey, you mister, what's the idea of giving all them donuts to your horse? I just want to see how many he'll eat before he asks for a cup of coffee. <laughs> hey, what are you doing on the beach with that horse? Well, you see, I came down here to go swim. To go swim. To go swim. Swimming? No, fishing. <laughs> Did you uh, catch anything? No. You see, my wife was with me, and the fish took one look at her. When they saw how badly I was hooked, they wouldn't bite at all. <laughs> all right, all right. Never mind him, Costello. Why don't you go into the water? You've always bragged to me that you were such a great lifesaver. Now, I on. am a great lifesaver, oh. Rabbit, and I'll prove it to you. I can save anybody. Anybody at all. Anybody want to be saved? Anybody at all would like to be saved? Are you a man or a woman? Woman. How old? Fifty-seven. Anybody else want to be saved? <laughs> Never mind. The lifeguard got her. <laughs> Lucky for you. Now, now, look, Costello, when you go into the water, stay close to the life boy. Stay close to the what? Uh, the boy. Stay close to the boy. That's the safest thing. Stay close to the boy. That may be the safest thing, but if you want to have some fun, you've got to stay close to the girls. Costello. <laughs> girls have nothing to do with this kind of a boy. The kind of a boy I mean will keep you up. Well, what do you know? What is the boy's name? Uh, the boy has no name. It's just a plain red and white boy. A red... I mean, this boy is anchored to a sandbar, and it has a bell. 
What is that bellboy doing in the bar? Nothing. The boy is not in the bar. The boy is on the bar. He probably crawled up there to steal some pretzels. No, no, no. Listen, you imbecile. That boy is on the bar to keep people from going on the rocks. So he finally learned his lesson. Why didn't his mother keep him out of that bar? This boy hasn't got a mother. <laughs> hasn't got a mother? No. That did it. What do you mean? Abbott, you have gone too far. I didn't mind when you said that the girls will have nothing to do with this poor boy. And I was only mildly surprised when you told me that he was half red and half white. I said nothing when you pushed him up on top of the bar to steal pretzels when the bartender's back was turned. But when you tell me that that poor boy has no name and no mother, you have not only besmirched the sanctity of the American home, but you have cast aspersions on the good name of the campfire boys of Troop Number 35 USA, Patterson, New Jersey. Get him out of here. Lovely Connie Haynes on stage now, with Will Osmond and the orchestra, Connie sings... Good, 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 that's you, that's you, nice, 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 that's you, that's you, fine, 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 that's you, that's you, good, 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 that's you, that's you, your tasty lips are sweeter than a lollipop. Every time I kiss you, ooh, I hit the stop. I rack my brain to find the proper adjective, a sentimental compliment to give you. Good, good, good. That's you, that's you. Nice, nice, nice. That's you, that's you. Fine, fine, fine. That's you, that's you. Good, good, good. That's you, that's you Good, good, good That's you, that's you Sweet, sweet, sweet That's you, that's you Yum, yum, yum That's you, that's you Good, good, good That's you, that's you I never went to Cornell University Therefore I have a limited I'm going to throw it over my left shoulder and make a wish. I wish that Hedy Lamar was the head of a giraffe and I was the body. Oh, now that sounds silly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why should you wish that Hedy Lamar was the head of a giraffe and you were the body? I always wanted a long neck with Hedy. Right. <laughs> Costello, you've got to get girls off your mind. Why don't you walk in the park at night and admire the stars? You mean like Betty Grable, Lana Turner, and Dorothy Lamar? No, 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 no. I'm talking about heavenly bodies. Brother, we're both talking about the same thing. Well, now... <laughs> Someday you're going to get in trouble chasing girls And you'd better keep away from that young divorcee that lives next door to you 
You never get to first base with her. I did get to first base with her, Admiral. What, what happened? Her ex-husband was on second. Uh, <laughs> and dummy girls like her are dime a dozen. Yeah, dime a dozen? Yeah. Well, here's a nickel. Get me sick. Uh, I think you've got women on the brain. Last night in your sleep, you kept hollering for Ingrid Bergman. Well, Ingrid Bergman happens to be my favorite actress. Since I saw her in that bathing beauty picture... You saw Ingrid Bergman in a bathing beauty picture? What was it called? For whom the bath towels. Uh, <laughs> Costello, please. Do you dream of women every night? Not every night. Well, that's better. Sometimes I take a nap in the afternoon. Huh? <laughs> Come in. Oh, there you are, you fat, impudent little slob. That's me. <laughs> yes, you. Costello, last night I dreamt that I went out with you. You did? Yes, and I've never been so insulted in my life. Take that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, the next time I dream about you, maybe you'll act like a gentleman. How do you like that? The next time she's dreamed, she's got a date with me. I ain't even going to show up. <laughs> well, Costello, I'm convinced that your dreams are the cause of all your girl troubles. And we've got to find out what they mean. Gee, I wish we could. Really, I do. I'm glad you said that, Costello, because we have with us tonight the world's greatest authority on dreams. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. I am the world's greatest dream analyst, Professor Melonhead. <clears throat> known, known professionally as Dreamboat Melonhead. Dreamboat Melonhead. Dreamboat. Looks like somebody plucked all the feathers out of your crow's nest. Hey, young man, are you trying to infer that my head is bald? Infer? If you put your head in fur, it would look like an oversized mothball. <laughs> hey, Anna, get a load of that slippery dome. I've seen ostriches sitting on better-looking things than that. Now, Costello, please. And you get results. I know, I know. Please. <laughs> You shouldn't make you shouldn't make cracks about the professor's head. If his head ever cracks, I'll make an omelet out of it. <laughs> Look, gentlemen, we're wasting time. Uh, professor Melonhead, huh? can you tell us what causes Costello to dream about girls? Of course, Abbott. Tell me, Costello, do you dream about girls all the time? No, only when I'm asleep. You... Oh, fine, good. Now I'll have to have a little of your case history. Do any other members of your family have peculiar dreams? Yes, my uncle Artie Stebbins. Mm -hmm. Last night he dreamed he was pulling the weeds out of his garden. Ah, he dreamed he was pulling weeds out of his garden. What happened? When he woke up, his wife was as bold as an eagle. <laughs> All right, now let's get back to you, Gastel. What type of girls do you dream of? Beautiful girls. Beautiful. Once I dreamed a beautiful, gorgeous blonde, and when I put my arms around her, something electric passed between us. A shot? No, she slipped her light bill into my pocket. Oh. <laughs> well, Professor... <laughs> Professor Melonhead, have you found out what causes Costello's dreams? Well, Abbott, my superficial diagnosis tells me that Costello's dreams are caused by contraction of the nerves in his head, making his brain too tense. My brain is too tense? Yep. Too tense the size of a normal brain. <laughs> Melonhead, for too tense, I'd suck you right in the puss. All right. Now, Costello, I will attempt to remedy your condition by massaging your head. First, I will stuff cotton into your auditory canal. Then I will pack your cranium in cracked ice, tighten your cerebrum, loosen your cerebellum, and then I will rub horse liniment into your medulla oblongata. <laughs> you wouldn't dare. <laughs> you haven't got the nerve. Oh, now, Costello. A person's equilibrium is often an important factor in the cause and effect of dreams. Therefore, I will have to test your equilibrium. Melonhead, if you as much as lay one finger on my equilibrium, I will call my mother. 
No, no, no. To test your equilibrium, Costello, I want you to climb up this step ladder here and balance yourself on the top step. Go ahead. Well, it's very silly, but I'll go. Here I go. Ah, Costello is now climbing the ladder. He's up 15 feet. He's up 30 feet. Keep climbing, Costello. Now he's up 75 feet. Costello has now climbed up to 100 feet. Now. Uh, wait, 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 wait a minute, Professor. Wait. That stepladder is only nine feet tall. Oh, my goodness. What a mistake. Costello! Costello, come down here at once! Costello, do you realize you climbed up a hundred feet and that ladder is only nine feet high? Now he tells me. Oh, let me out of here. Let me out that melon head, will you? Let me out melon head. And now here, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello with the final word. No, Costello. I think I figured out a cure for your mania for chasing girls. I've asked Connie Haynes to give you a nice big kiss. Oh, yeah, but that ought to cure me. Go ahead, Connie. Well, talk her up, Mr. Costello, and I'll kiss you. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel now, Mr. Costello, honey? I feel fine, but that sailor in the first row just fainted. Good night, folks. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Challenge of the Yukon, followed by Jack Benny. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Stronewell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.